0: Alright, what's going on guys? Ben Matteo, welcome back. So, I just want to start off by first giving a shout out to Daniel. Thank you, Daniel, for the private super chat of sorts. Sending us Pirate Chain and including a message saying, keep up the good work. Uh, so, thank you, Daniel. Keep up your fight as well. We're all in this together. Uh, and then also... Go check out our Bitcoin censorship video before you get into this one because we're going to reference that a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about Bitcoin centralization today, particularly here in the United States. And We're going to follow up and piggyback on that video that we did then. And we did that about a week ago. And there have actually been some pretty significant developments just in the last week. And so I want to quickly run through those just to give you guys an update on this development. And it looks like some things are turning out to be as we rather expected. There is more environmentalism uh, being introduced into this uh, establishment of the Bitcoin mining sphere in the United States and in Europe. Uh, Everything that's being built, it seems, is built with an intention on being environmentally friendly with the Bitcoin mining. And so we found that to be rather significant because when we were talking about Bitcoin mining last week, We had made the case that it could be that Blockstream and some of these other Bitcoin mining firms that we're going to get into today, they could use the excuse, hey, uh, you know, we're being environmentally friendly. Other people should be environmentally friendly, too, if they want to get into this sector. Because we have to protect the environment. We have to protect the climate and all this other stuff, right? So that could be used as a way to establish a barrier of entry to lobby the government to establish that barrier of entry so that those who are already part of the sector could consolidate power and to bar other market participants from getting in on their uh, stash and on their market share. So um, that's relevant. And, That's going to encourage more centralization as well, which is also a problem that we'll get to here. But I just want to start off with this first article talking about uh, the U.S. becoming the world's largest Bitcoin miner. Because remember, China shut down Bitcoin mining over there a few months ago. Uh, And so now a lot of those Bitcoin mining operations are flocking over to the West, over to Europe, and particularly the United States. And so the United States is getting more uh, Bitcoin mining hash rate and we're going to get to why that's vital. But Riot Blockchain, uh, which is a blockchain mining firm, unveils 200 megawatt immersion-cooled mining operation. Not that long ago, China was the dominant power in global Bitcoin mining, a position that presented the crypto world with a profound threat. If Beijing wanted to, it could simply take control over a majority of global mining rigs and launch a 51% attack, in the process nuking the blockchain and effectively destroying the world's greatest monetary experiment overnight. Y- yeah, the greatest? The greatest? Come on, Zero Hedge. The thing about Zero Hedge is like, they're very anarcho-capitalistic, they're very anti-government, but they never talk about Monero, which is a perplexing challenge to me. But then again, it, it could be because Monero has moved its way down in the ranks. There's less hype about it than there was before, but that's not entirely true either. I mean, people say that, but the Bitco- the Monero volumes for transactions are you know going parabolic. I mean, more people are using Monero than ever, particularly on the dark web marketplaces, where you could pretty much now only use Monero. Um, and so... You would think with that strong foundation, uh, you know, sites like Zero Hedge would talk more about Monero, but nevertheless, that's not really the case. And go check out our video yesterday. We talked about the potential for Monero price manipulation. There seems to be some interesting data which says that could be happening. Uh, There are a lot of shorts against Monero, and what happens when you short Monero is you borrow Monero from who knows who, if you're doing it on an exchange, who knows if they even have it in their stock, but you borrow the Monero, you sell it immediately. That drives down the price, and that spooks other people out of the market, particularly traders who want to get in on gains. And you know some of the volume, undeniably, for a lot of these cryptos comes from people who just want to make money. They don't even care about what the underlying tech is. They don't care about what it could do for the world. Uh, if there are a lot of shorts in the position and the price isn't really moving, well, that's not going to entice a lot of people to get into those liquidity pools and to trade it. And so when you look at Monero versus like every other crypto, I mean, the shorts are significant. And go check it out. I mean, we talked about it. It's rather odd. But, you know, there are a lot of people who think that it's being manipulated to the downside because of its legitimate capacity to challenge the global banking system and to challenge the global monetary system as a whole. So that's something to note. Uh, back to the article, however, in the span of just a few short months, back in May, China State Council, which was focused on marketing its disastrous digital yuan, their CBDC, right, and we keep commenting here on the channel, if they really get to rolling out the CBDC, and I think that they are, here shortly, uh, you're seeing more clips coming out from like the UK of people saying, Oh, well, we're working on the CBDC, stay calm. We want to get some public takes as to how we can make it convenient for you and all this nonsense, right? Uh, and so it seems like we're getting closer and closer to the rollout of it. But my suspicion is that when they start to roll out the CBDC, they're going to try to either heavily regulate the competition. Uh, or they're going to uh, tax it in ways that make it unreasonable to use, or they're just going to get rid of it. And Ray Dalio says all the time, he's just like, yeah, uh, if Bitcoin ever becomes a real problem uh, for these people, they're just going to get rid of it. <laughs> so i would listen to Ray Dalio. He was the biggest hedge fund uh, manager in the world. Uh, he was on the Federal Reserve Investment Advisor Advisory Committee, so he knows what he's talking about. Um, but, yeah, as China rolled out the digital yuan and the rollout, was disastrous indeed, they started to ban the competition, as we anticipate is probably going to happen throughout the world. So just look for that. And Monero is going to be able to put up with that pressure, as we talked about. Check out our other videos. Uh, back to this. And hope to eliminate all competition, expelled its domestic Bitcoin mining industry, citing environmental and financial concerns under the pretext that Bitcoin miners were using up too much dirty electricity. And you know what's funny is that <laughs> China's the biggest polluter in the world. And even they are using the environmental argument as to why they want to regulate Bitcoin mining or get rid of it, right? So that's pretty interesting. Uh, So that's happening. The winner of the United States, which was just a minor player in the recent years and has since blossomed into the world's largest Bitcoin mining hub. So now the U.S. is leading in Bitcoin mining. And... I've been speculating here for a couple of weeks now. It could be that there is a geopolitical move to try to get control over the hash power of Bitcoin. And I think that with the articles that are coming up, that could be something actually happening. Like the integration of Bitcoin mining into the U.S. regulatory framework could be an initiative that's actually happening in an effort to either do two things. One, nuke the blockchain through 51% attack. Uh, they want to get 51% of the hash rate, which could be happening, which could be happening, mind you. Um, especially when we get to Jack Dorsey and we get to uh, some of what we're about to get to, right? So like, excuse me, either one, they want to nuke the blockchain, or two, they want to use Bitcoin in order to adequately track and trace the population in order to adequately tax the population because they can see your balances, they can see all the transactions you're making. Three, to be able to successfully enact sanctions because if you have a lot of the hash power being regulated and controlled by the United States and OFAC, uh, the Office for Foreign Asset Control, which is responsible for enacting sanctions against economic enemies, well, then they could rather successfully Uh, kick people out of the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, If they find your address, boom, they blacklist it. Nobody's going to mine your coins. Or at least it's going to be heavily disincentivized to mine your coins because maybe you could end up on the blacklist too. And your Bitcoin mining rewards could end up uh, tainted, right? And they can't get onto an exchange, blah, 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 right? So that's something to think about. There could be actually something bigger at play here. And I just want to bring your attention to that. Uh, Getting a little bit conspiratorial, but it could be that is what's happening. So just think about that. And I suspect that the United States hash rate is going to continue to grow. And we'll see what happens when it gets over 51%. uh, Because just understand that a lot of the mining and the hash power is going to come from corporate entities right? It's going to come from corporate entities, and maybe they can sue the government to try to prevent this stuff from happening, but we live in a lawless world, as I always say. Uh, who knows what what can happen? Um, it's, that situation to me is more unlikely. It's more likely to me that they're going to try to control and manage Bitcoin so that they could also, number four, prevent people from going to a cryptocurrency that they're actually particularly worried about, like this one. And if more people go to Monero, um, and actually are private, they can't have their balances seen, they can't have their transactions traced and tracked um, and the mining is decentralized peer to peer it can be done on a computer, which means it can't be totally controlled you can't you know use the Monero blockchain to blacklist people et cetera et cetera et cetera tax people whatever um, well then that is very problematic to them, and they may prefer the devil that they know to the devil that they don't if that makes sense. So just thinking strategically with you here. In just 2 months the US overtook China as the world's biggest source of bitcoin mining after Beijing banned crypto mining this year. Uh as shown below, China's share of the global hash rate, the computational power required to create bitcoin fell from 44% to 0 between May and July. The country accounted for three quarters of global hash rate in 2019. Now, I imagine it's not zero uh, because they're still catching people who are running Bitcoin mining operations in China. So maybe it's just not being logged. Maybe they're doing it very secretively. But uh, that is a question that I have. If you're knowledgeable about this, I'd be interested in hearing from you how they know where the hash rate is coming from. <clears throat> because. That's another problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? The fact that they could figure out where the Bitcoin is being mined, because if they ever ban it, uh, well, then they can just come after you, right? They can figure out who's mining it, and then, boom, shut it down, which can't happen with Monero, as far as I can tell. So just something to think about. I'm curious how they are able to measure that. Going back to the article, the U.S. share of global hash rate increased from 17% in April to 35% in August while Kazakhstan rose 10 percentage points to 18% in the same period. Now, this article has an interesting take on the growth of the Kazakhstanian mining operations. They're saying that it could just be an in-between before those miners make their way further west to either Europe, the United States, or Canada. Um... As said here, China's neighbor Kazakhstan now trends behind the U.S. with 18.1% of the Bitcoin mining market. However, the nation's miners mainly rely on eco-unfriendly coal mines for cheap and large-scale electricity or energy suppliers, excuse me. And so that's a problem because there are a lot of people, uh, and this goes back to Bitcoin's fungibility problem, the fact that it could be tracked and traced. If most of the Bitcoin being mined in Kazakhstan is coming from environmentally unfriendly sources, right? Oh, no. Well, it could be that exchanges don't want to take it. People like Kevin O'Leary who said they don't want to have, you know, what they call blood Bitcoin, Bitcoin which is mined, not environmentally friendly. They don't want that. And so that Bitcoin's going to be mined in, or that Bitcoin's going to be valued less than other Bitcoin, right? So that that's an issue to me. Something to... Note, next sentence here is interesting. Experts think Kazakhstan is a temporary stopover for Bitcoin miners from China before they travel further west. (laughs) Also darkening the Kazakhstanian silver lining is the newly approved law to add taxes for crypto miners starting in 2022. So yeah, they'll probably come west. But it's unclear the tax favorability over here in the West, especially if you're not doing it environmentally friendly, as we mentioned before. Um, There could be extra taxes for you. Maybe there are carbon taxes. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I imagine there are going to be taxes for crypto miners in the United States. I mean, duh. But, you know, that has yet to be established. But I do think that's going to be coming. And you do pay taxes already. Uh, It's called income. You know, if you're mining Bitcoin and you're receiving bitcoin you have to account for the value of the bitcoin once you get it uh in dollar value terms and that's how your income is measured and then they tax it in accordance with income tax um and then if you sell it from there then it's a capital gain so i think i think i'm curious about that let's check bitcoin mining taxes us uh ba-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, and most people overlook this stuff. Again, they're going to make it easier to track this stuff. So, crypto mining taxes are equivalent to that of ordinary income taxes. Yep, like we said, so when you successfully mine virtual currency, you trigger, trigger a taxable event and must report the fair market value of the mine coins at the time of the receipt of gross income. Okay, so yeah, we were right the first time around. It's capital gain if you sell the Bitcoin that you mined. But when you mine the Bitcoin, that is income. So you get kind of double taxed, right? So you get taxed on income for getting the Bitcoin, and then you get a capital gain on that. Now, your cost basis is going to be your income, and the value of Bitcoin goes up from there. Then you've got to account for the gain from that. But nevertheless, uh, so there are already pretty bad taxes here. Maybe it could get worse, but I don't know what Kazakhstan's tax law is in regards to crypto mining. Maybe it's pretty austere, so just something to note. Pretty interesting. But back to the Zero Hedge article, and by the way, this article is from Crypto Flash or Crypto News Flash. Steve Muchukui, or whatever. Sounds like a Russian dude. Michael Rocks, a digital assets lead at the closely watched Cambridge Tracker, noted that the effect of Chinese crackdown the Chinese crackdown is an increased geographic distribution of hash rate across the world. Now, that'd be good, but it says here, nobody has benefited more than the United States. And if enough of the hash rate is concentrated in the United States, you could have that hash rate rate distribute as much as you would otherwise want to to other countries. But... If a lot of it is concentrated in the United States, they can still have enough of a stranglehold on the blockchain, as we had mentioned earlier, to do what it is they accomplish or sec- are set to accomplish. Goodness, I need some coffee. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, here we go. The U.S. is rapidly becoming a truly environmentally conscious global mining hub. And, yes, every single miner that we've looked at, corporate miner, they are trying to do everything environmentally friendly. Uh, Marathon Miner, uh, Riot Blockchain, Blockstream, and some of these other miners as well. All about doing things environmentally friendly. So they're talking about new technologies here. We're not going to get into that. It's not that important. But uh, yeah, they're going to have 46,000 S19 series Ant Miner ASICs. And they're going to be mining in an environmentally friendly way. So that's a lot. And they're expecting to increase their hash rate by 25%. And they could see an increase of ASIC's performance by as much as 50%. So more hash rate right there. Coming to the United States is basically the main thing I want to take away from here. Riot will hardly be alone. And as more Bitcoin miners relocate out of the desolate communist wasteland that seems to only specialize in genetically engineering viruses these days, Texas will see tremendous monetary and socioeconomic benefits as it becomes a global hub for clean Bitcoin mining. Um, So that's interesting. That's interesting. So more Bitcoin mining is coming to the United States. And the estimates now are that the U.S. now accounts for 35.4% of Bitcoin's hash rate. And according to what we just read with Kazakhstanian Bitcoin miners coming over to the United States or to Europe. And as they say here, more Bitcoin miners relocate out of China, which there are probably still some left, but they're working on relocating now. Um, And they're coming out of Turkey too because Turkey banned crypto. You're going to see more and more growth of Bitcoin mining in the United States. And Another thing to note is that as institutional investors look to get more exposure to the Bitcoin world, um, they're not going to just want to hold Bitcoin. They're going to want to get exposed to the mining industry because the mining industry gives you leverage gains. The mining industry gives you cash flows, right? Dividends. So it's the same thing in the gold and silver world. You know, if you want to get gold and silver, that's great, but you also want to get exposure to the miners, You know, because the miners are running a business. They're profitable. They are uh, giving you dividends. And so I suspect that's going to happen. And when more institutional money goes into Bitcoin mining, you're going to, again, see more centralization. They're going to get more capital inflows. They're going to be able to expand their mining operation to get more miners onto the scene. And maybe set up more factories, um, you know, in different places. So that's something to consider which means we can expect more centralization and more hash power coming from the United States. And I said here something of interest because the United uh, Reuters came out with an article saying U.S. reviews sanctions policy warns of threat from cryptocurrencies. And I thought about sanctions. OFAC deals with sanctions. Something of interest, if enough of the Bitcoin mining hash rate gets captured within a U.S. regulatory framework, uh, parentheses corporate mining, etc. Then OFAC could become rather effective in enacting sanctions against economic enemies on the Bitcoin blockchain. So that's something worth considering. And before we get to the Jack Dorsey square story, I want to just go through another story here. Which came out rather soon after our last article. Uh, or sorry, video. Oh man, where's my mind today? So, this is from Martin Young on the Coin Telegraph. He says, Bitcoin miner stronghold will list almost 6 million shares in its $100 million IPO. So, another another miner going public, which means they're going to be regulated by the SEC and OFAC, which means more uh, Bitcoin mining centralization, more U.S. hash power, more power OFAC has to successfully render sanctions against economic enemies on the Bitcoin blockchain. So, the firm uses a sustainable energy source by converting waste coal into power to mine Bitcoin. So, again, we see the environmental theme step in here. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing, necessarily. I'm just telling you this could play into what could be coming, which is... If you want to mine Bitcoin, you got to get a permit, you got to get a license, and you got to prove that you're doing it in an environmentally friendly way, which means you could be going through a permit process like oil companies have to do, which take years and cost a lot of money and create a barrier of entry for people to get into the space and do this stuff. So we could be seeing the early participants getting in here and consolidating market share and maybe setting up the regulatory framework with the people that they're lobbying or just Maybe they're not lobbying. Maybe this just becomes part of the deal. In which case, uh, you know, again, more centralization down the line. Uh, So, they're expecting a 900% expansion of capacity in the coming year. Stronghold plans to become the first North American crypto mining company to go public through an actual IPO. Stronghold describes itself as an emerging growth company which currently operates approximately 3,000 crypto miners. Um, it's stated that it has entered into agreements with three suppliers to provide an additional 26,100 miners, 150 miners, with total hash rate capacity of over 2,500 PHS. So... They're looking to get those delivered in 2022 for the most part, 72% of them this year. And Stronghold intends to acquire even more hardware with the proceeds of the IPO as an additional 55,800 miners have been planned. So they're really building the operation here. And again, you're going to see Wall Street money moving into space, which means much, much, much more hash power is going to be moving to the United States and is going to grow in the United States. And little small Bitcoin miners are going to figure this out. I mean, they could move on to mining other altcoins or mining different coins, which maybe have more yield for the small little guy, you know, because you're going to now run up against a bunch of competition here. Um, in which case, the little guy is going to be checked out. Uh, they may just make the determination that, hey, I might as well just get into the market, give these guys some of my capital so I can get consistent cash flow, consistent dividends. It's a corporation, so I don't really have to worry about much risk with that. And, you know, the price could go up because it's a speculative bet. And you're getting leveraged to Bitcoin at the same time. So a lot of small miners are probably going to make the decision to ditch their mining operations and then just invest in these bitcoin mining uh corporations. That's my thinking. Let me know what you think, what you guys think, but I think that is kind of what's coming. Um and it wouldn't be a bad idea. But here we go. We're committed to generating our energy and managing our assets sustainably. And we believe that we are one of the first vertically integrated crypto asset mining companies with a focus on environmentally beneficial operations. And then, Sailor the Savior, uh, ASAP Spurg, Michael Sailor, uh, he tweeted an endorsement. <laughs> Go check out our video on Odyssey about him. Uh, really weird guy. Okay, He's got like a total God complex. 20 years ago, he wanted to put microchips into people's brains and like do like this telepathy technology. I mean, really kooky dude. Uh, the fact that so many people follow him is concerning to me. But nevertheless, he says right here, Bitcoin grows stronger each time a miner goes public. Uh, Could be. Could be. It it encourages more institutional investment, but I'm not sure what Bitcoin even means anymore. I mean, because if enough of this stuff gets concentrated, this is not going to be what many people think it is. Um, And it's certainly not going to be what many people thought it was. And it's not going to be freedom money I mean it's going to be money which is used to track and trace you money which is used to determine your taxes uh, money that could be censored right and nobody's really talking about this unfortunately but check this out this is another story which caught my attention and I have not heard other people express the same concern that I have about this uh, but I just want to put this out there. Let you guys think about this, give you my take, as unpopular as it may be. Uh but look, Jack Dorsey's square to create clean energy open source Bitcoin mining system. Now, as you guys know, Jack Dorsey was the head of Twitter. He founded Twitter, and Twitter has a history of censoring people. Need I tell you. Um, and so we were just talking about OFAC censoring uh, Bitcoin addresses. And that's been going like nuclear over the last few years. I mean, they went from c- censoring and blacklisting, you know, companies dealing with Chinese, you know, substance runners and, uh, y- you know, Middle Eastern terrorists and people like this. Right. And now they've censored over 700 addresses and they're starting to blacklist entire exchanges. So we're seeing that grow. And on Twitter, it was like the same thing. You know, one person got banned here. Get it. That guy was like some kind of nationalist or something. And then here's another guy who got banned. Conspiracy theorist, right? And then uh, it was just a wave. (laughs) Like it was just a total purge that happened. And the fact that now Jack Dorsey is getting involved in Bitcoin mining is not entirely comforting to me. Uh, especially with this Square thing, because what you'll notice about Square, and I was supposed to have this set up for you, but Jim McKinney, he is one of the founders of Square. Still pretty involved. He's a director of Square. Jack Dorsey is the chairman and CEO. But check out Jim here. Jim is an American billionaire businessman, and he was appointed as an independent independent director of the Federal Reserve, Bank of St. Louis. So, he's the 30, uh, 378th richest person in America. Yeah, I mean, he's a Federal Reserve guy, right? And I'm not saying everyone necessarily involved in the Fed is evil, but just something to take a look at. Um, You know, because Bitcoin's supposed to be anti- Fed, right? Anti-government, right? So, just something to check out there. Jack Dorsey Square to create clean energy. Again, we see clean energy making its way into the mix here. Open source Bitcoin mining system. Now, this is ambiguous to me. This is something I need more detail on personally. If you guys could give me some hot takes on this, I'd be very appreciative. Because this, to me, uh, I don't know what open source Bitcoin mining system means, personally. And I'm trying to figure out whether he's talking about setting up his own pool by which people can easily access that pool to mine Bitcoin, or people can mine Bitcoin using the tools that Square provides and create their own pools, right? Because if it's Jack Dorsey and Square creating their own Bitcoin mining pool, their own Bitcoin mining operation, and then they allow the masses to engage in that pool, and that pool is in the United States regulatory framework, and the hash power of that pool just goes nuclear. Uh, That, to me, spells serious trouble. Um, That, to me, is very problematic because that is going to skyrocket the U.S. hash rate, and that's going to make it so the U.S. regulatory apparatus has significant capacities to render economic sanctions against those that they don't find uh, helpful to their interests. And they say sanctions are very helpful for our foreign policy. And they've gone after political enemies here in the United States, like the IRS has gone after uh, Tea Party groups, Uh, Fuentes had $500,000 stolen out of his bank account by the FBI uh, because he went to a rally, right? And it's not exactly clear to me that Bitcoin's going to be safe for everybody to use in the future if the U.S. regulatory apparatus can blacklist addresses and determine who can transact and who can't, which is what they're doing now, by the way, if you can't tell. Like over in Europe and over in other places in the world, like Australia, if you don't have your... Stabby. If you don't have your ID, you can't buy or sell. They're just kicking you out of the economy. And so it's not comforting to me that this is happening. But we have to get more detail on this because, again, this is ambiguous to me. But we do still see a trend towards this, nevertheless. But this is just another um, step forward here. So check this out uh for some time here jack dorsey has made several moves to integrate cryptocurrencies to twitter right so he's trying to get your twitter address linked with your bitcoin address and your ethereum address now i don't know if he started with ethereum yet but i think he's working on that but particularly he's doing that with bitcoin right now so if you link up your bitcoin address with your uh, twitter profile okay people can just look up and see how much money you have they can see your balances. They can see your past transactions. And, and if people's addresses start being hooked up with their Twitter profiles, and this becomes a regular thing, everyone's going to be able to see who everyone else is transacting with. Everyone's going to be able to see how much money each other has. That's not good. <laughs> like That's not great. And by the way, the government's going to be able to see that, by the way, which has tax implications, right? Um, and there's something being worked on in the Monero community right now Uh, I'm going to get to that in a different video. I have it pulled up though, where somebody wants to make this scanning technology where you can get somebody's Reddit, uh, tag, like their name, put it into a search engine, which is what they're making. And then you could pull up their crypto addresses, assuming that they've put their crypto addresses in and maybe they've linked their Reddit with social media and maybe you could find out their name their address, their wealth status. Because, you know, you type in somebody's Bitcoin address, you could see their balances, right? And you could find out so much about them financially. And they're making that right now, which is pretty interesting. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, that's something that could definitely happen with uh, Twitter getting your Bitcoin address. Like, a lot could be gleaned from that. Now, also the CEO of Square, Uh, his financial services company, back to the article, Plans to build a mining system for Bitcoin of code open, more accessible, decentralized, and powered by clean energy. So, excuse me. Sorry guys, I, I've just been tired and unwell. I'm not sure what's happened, so send me some prayers. Uh, I could use them. Dorsey revealed his intentions in a series of tweets posted on his official account last Friday. Now, again, this is ambiguous to me. Square is considering building an open-source, custom Silicon-based Bitcoin mining system for individuals and businesses around the world. The more decentralized it is, the more resilient the Bitcoin network becomes. Um, Decentralized in what way is the question? Yeah, you could have more people mining it, but if those miners are regulated by a single entity, which can effectively enforce those regulations... Because Bitcoin is tracked, Bitcoin is traced, the mining activities are tracked and traced as well. Uh, It's not clear what that really means. Yes, it's going to secure the network, but it's not like that network is going to be immune from regulatory attack and regulatory influence, and then thereby political influence, which is key. So here we go. Mining is not accessible to everybody. Bitcoin mining should be as easy as connecting a rig to a power source today. There are not enough incentives for people to overcome the complexity of managing a miner on their own. So, he's saying that this is good that more people mine Bitcoin, and he wants to make it easier for people to do that. And so they're also talking about building a decentralized cryptocurrency exchange to facilitate Bitcoin trading. This exchange would be linked to Square's hardware wallet, uh an assisted custody service okay so it's gonna be kyc because you can't sign up for square without your personal data right so decentralized but it's still gonna be kyc so i'm not sure what that even means decentralized cryptocurrency exchange again like the the word decentralized is thrown out there so much um and sort of like one of these buzzwords and increasingly kind of like the word freedom i want to hear people define this term before they use it, because it's not entirely clear anymore what people mean by the words they say, especially when they say decentralized or, uh, you know, God or uh, whatever other word I just used, which I forgot for some reason. Um, Okay, so this exchange would be linked to Square's hardware wallet, as we just said. What, What does this mean? Hold up. I just lasered in on this. Assisted custody service. What does that mean? Assisted custody service. Do you not have control of your Bitcoins when they're in your Square Hardware wallet? I'd have to look into that. So uh, the mining system that they're building would be added to complement both projects. So maybe you facilitate mining of Bitcoin. The Bitcoin goes to your Square Hardware wallet. And then maybe you could exchange that on their decentralized cryptocurrency exchange which ironically all sounds very centralizing. (laughs) You know what I mean? So we've dug into MasterCard, we've dug into the Digital Currency Group, and we've, in our Dapper Labs video, looked at the big tech companies now getting involved in crypto and these big hedge funds getting involved in crypto as well, where everything, you could find the same names behind. And there are other Federal Reserve boys like Glenn Hutchins in the Digital Currency Group, Who are indeed getting into many, many, many blockchain projects. And they're all going to interlink with one another. And it's going to be roughly the same people involved in a lot of the stuff. Like there is tremendous vertical integration happening. And we're going to get into that with later videos. But... Check out those videos. I don't want to dig too much into that now, but there's a lot of good info there to evidence that. And check out the Money Today show as well. He's doing great work on that. Uh, So check that out. So here we go. Clean energy, blah, blah, blah. The most criticized problem of Bitcoin. So you guys are caving to the mob. Good for you. It's excessive consumption of electricity. It's not that big of a problem. However, he also mentioned that silicon shortage could be an obstacle to this project. I don't know anything about that. But I imagine there are a lot of shortage problems to be addressed. So... uh, He's talking about making it so that a lot of people can engage in Bitcoin mining. And... The only person that I've been able to find in all the reddit research that I've done on this Who is asking the right questions as far as I could tell is this guy He says I would love this the only consideration is how would John Q Hodler get any pay out for their mining Would those who adopt Jack system need to be part of a pool Does that still help decentralization? so I found that to be the most Key comment of the hundreds of comments I've seen on this because he's asking the right questions here. Is this going to be Jack Dorsey's pool? Are you going to be mining from Jack Dorsey's SEC OFAC compliant pool? It's going to be sponsored by Square, which is a US company. So that's what I anticipate. I imagine, I imagine, I imagine that because this mining operation is going to take place through Square unless they're talking about just selling rigs or whatever, but as evidenced before, based on what they're talking about here, they're doing vertical integration. Right? So, I'm thinking that this is going to play into Square's financial ecosystem, which is US-based, which means that you're going to have OFAC get involved and have control over that hash rate. You understand? So, that to me is very alarming because if you have people all over the world mining crypto in a U.S.-based pool that is sponsored by Square, which is OFAC regulated, uh, that's going to increase the power of OFAC to censor black and blacklist Bitcoin addresses and Bitcoin transactions and activity much, much, much more effectively. So, I'm curious about this. We have to watch this development. This is very interesting to me. Um, My hope is when this rolls out, assuming that it does, they're saying that they're researching it right now. We'll see what happens. But if different people in different parts of the world can mine their own pools using Square's products and services, that would be ideal uh, because that would make it so that other countries could then regulate that hash power in their own way, and maybe they don't have to listen to OFAC. But then again, OFAC is tied into FATF. FATF is to some degree made up of delegates from OFAC. And so given that FATF is an international uh, AML and KYC uh, task force, which enforces sanctions and makes sure that money isn't being used for nefarious uber-goober stuff, I mean, maybe those blacklists could expand to FATF, and then there's really no escape from this stuff. So that's just something to consider. I think that's it for today. There were more articles that I wanted to get to on this, but they largely say the same thing. He wants to build Bitcoin mining hardware for the masses. So it'd be great if the masses could buy the Bitcoin hardware from Square and then not have anything to do with Square from that point forward. Like, if people could just mine Bitcoin themselves with their own pool, that'd be ideal. But I'm I'm thinking, right, that this is going to be integrated into a square-sponsored pool, which is designated in the United States and regulated thereby by the United States regulatory system, OFAC. And therefore, there will be political control over the Bitcoin blockchain. So that is just something I wanted to comment on. Is there anything else I wanted to get through today? Yeah, this guy says right here, because people are like, what does any of this mean? Kind of like me. He's like, Square is going to become the largest mining company in the world. And if that's the case, and if that's the case with all this other stuff going on here, big Bitcoin miners going public, Blockstream doing vertical integrations, In the Bitcoin mining sector. Marathon. Which we looked at in that previous video. Starting their own OFAC. Mining compliant pool. Uh, This is going to be. Rather concerning. For the quote unquote trustlessness. And sensorlessness. And permissionless element of Bitcoin. In my opinion. Maybe not trustless. Maybe I used that incorrectly. Maybe permissionless is what I meant by this. But. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be easy to censor. And that, to me, is not the original vision of Bitcoin. That's not the original vision of crypto. And so, get into Monero. Monero's the solution. Monero solves this. Monero fixes this. So, that's it. I'm a little bit tired tonight, obviously. I'm all over the place. I had a good hike today, so we're going to have more vids out. Uh, I think I'm going to release that vid for the Patreon members, though, because I've been neglecting you guys, not on purpose, but just we've been coming out with a lot of key content. I know you guys understand this. For people to uh, look into so that they could uh, get access to information they're not really getting anywhere else, unfortunately. Uh, but maybe for that, I'll have you guys enjoy that. Um, but nevertheless, uh Mateo. Hope that you guys have a great day. Check out our uh, social media links below. Check out our Um, donation addresses below and, uh, yeah. And if you want to do like a private super chat, you could send a message through Pirate Chain, Conceal Network. You could send some Monero and then send me a Proton, uh, follow up. And then whatever the message is, I'll just say that at the beginning of the show and give you a little bit of a shout out. So, uh, shout out to the Patreon members. Thank you. And, uh, that's it. You guys have a wonderful day.